now. Um, okay, let's see here. So do you remember where you were, date, time, location, when Nash started? Oh, okay. At least it wasn't like, a, <laughs> you know, the first time you saw Bristol, date, time, things of that nature, because uh, yeah. you're going to be reaching back. I thought, you know. The first time you had a taco in Austin. I know. I know. You're reaching back for some Bristol. dates. Yeah. I at least have my computer in front of me and mm-hmm. can actually tell you that it was uh, March of 2019. Okay, so that's we're when like we started that process. That's one year before the pandemic started. Yep, officially. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. So, so as how Nash existed, Nash Ave, March of 2019, it existed as what? It was yeah. It was five lots that had five independent duplexes on it, and they were all owned by one owner, which is extremely difficult to find in austin Mm -hmm. that might be the last five apartment buildings in zilker right well i mean just especially that are owned by one person yeah yeah. you know it's next to impossible to find someone that's got that amount of massing or five lots worth of properties one after another Mm -hmm. so the individual that we bought it from you know has has several rental properties and these were just a few in his portfolio um great guy Still keep in contact with him very well, um, but an old banker, and he learned in the 80s that he should start buying properties and, and maintain ownership and just get mailbox money. So he retired from the bank, and he owns about 75 in the Austin area, and he manages them all himself. I don't know how he does that, yeah. but, you know, it's it's a great wealth builder, and he, he's done very well for himself. So we lucked out, and... The land was brought to us. It was it was not advertised. He was not selling it, um, and it was brought to us by a fellow agent. Mm. They just said, "Hey, this is a great opportunity." There's five lots with duplexes on it. Absolutely, in the we, heart of Zilker. Yes, like you know. blocks, blocks from the Green Belt, two blocks in from South Lamar, from like Loro, Bolton Acres, everything. Restaurants, walkability, just tremendous. Yeah. Did the agent have any idea that the person would want to sell? No. You know, we've got several agents in Austin that that do mailers. They go door knocking. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, hustlers. Yeah, they hit me up every day. Yeah, they're hustlers. <laughs> you got to figure, you know, it's it's kind of like even those uh, the, the people that call you all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they may make 100 calls a day and may get one sale and it may be worth it. So For sure. You know, that's how it how it started. So it was a, what we call a pocket list. You know, something that was not on the market or, or anything else, nor was it being marketed. So we lucked out on that one for sure. Yeah. And that was it. The, those lots are what exist as Nash 1. Which was Correct. your first development on Nash. Yep. And we ended up building 10 independent homes mm-hmm. over there. And then it took us to Nash 2. Okay. So, but March of 2019, you get a call. You know, you start looking into Nash 1. At what point did you guys buy the land? Like, how long before you guys were able to close on the land and start working on Nash 1? It was pretty quick, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the original owner was very easy to work with. Our lenders were great. We had to do an equity raise on that as well. Um, it, it all worked pretty seamless, you know. We from from the design standpoint, from the build standpoint, 
from the city standpoint was a different story but uh the build and, and all the front end went very quickly so i would say from the time we closed on the land now granted while we were in escrow and under contract with the land we had started doing plans and engineering and things of that nature already so we had a head start on it mm-hmm. but i would say we started building three months after we closed on the land so it was pretty quick you know we mm-hmm. got in and had the had the land de- or the current houses demoed and and started pretty quickly yeah and now when this was happening the the where the land where nash 2 now exists the nursing home the barton hills barton hills nursing home yeah that was still fully running yes yes it was still rocking yep absolutely people were living their best lives at the nursing home across from the church on kinney and nash yep that is true they were having parties out front yes Mm -hmm. and you know at night the disco balls were going and Mm -hmm. everything else you know rumored that they had raves there oh you know wow (laughs) <laughs> I did you know when we did go through the demo uh work I did I did see some questionable yeah. things that that makes sense yeah see so it was like pre-pandemic that the, the last hurrah from pre-pandemic yeah they you know before they all moved out they threw a party <laughs> for sure they moved out yeah you know and I, it and <laughs> and that sounds incredibly insensitive um they went to uh, the, the people we ended up buying nash two from actually own several retirement homes mm-hmm. and uh most of the people that were in this one just went to some of their new facilities. Yeah. So it was definitely they a were step getting up. upgraded. They were getting upgraded. Yeah, they didn't want to be there anymore. No. And but when you started building Nash One, there was never kind of a thought at that time that you would be building the out the rest of the block. Correct. Absolutely. It was you know a couple months after we had dealt with a uh, with the owner of Nash One that we met the owners of Nash Two. Um, and it it's something that probably will never happen again having that many um homes on one street that you're able to have control over and build so it's something you know that we're super proud super proud of but uh nash too probably took us about two years just to construct and and come up with a deal that worked well for us and the owner uh, which owned the retirement home too so it it, it was a long That one was a long process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one quick question before we talk about Nash 1 and and then Nash 2. Looking back on it, if you you at that time in March had had known that you'd be buying both of those, like that whole block pretty much and rebuilding the whole thing, is, are there things that would have probably saved you knowing that you were buying those two? Like, in terms of i know you had to do a lot of the water lines and all that stuff like would that have saved you i yeah i i do believe it, it we could have saved a little bit of money we had to unfortunately we we were lucky enough to get one of the city blocks in austin that had a two inch water main that mm-hmm. supplied the entire street um and it has been on the city of austin's radar for years to replace it but unfortunately they had not done that so since i was doing so much improvements on the actual street they allowed me they gave me the honor the honor of replacing that two inch water line with the with the six or an eight inch water line and replumbing everybody else's house to their 
water meters. So I, I feel like there should be a fire hydrant maybe on the corner with your initials on it. No joke, right? Right. I mean something. Yeah, MS. <laughs> yes, I mean we 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 change people's water lives. Yeah. You know, so it it would have been easier to do that all in one fell swoop where we had to do it in two goes. We did half the street for Nash One and then had to come back, connect to it at the opposite side, bring it all together for Nash Two. Mm-hmm. So. But if you, but thinking about it though too, if you had gotten all that land at once, the houses probably would have all looked similar to Nash One, and you probably wouldn't have like upped your ante on Nash Two and done a totally different look. Yeah, no, that's true as well. You know, there, there's something to be said about you know our true game plan is to take multiple lots down instead of doing one or two houses at a time, is to do several. So that we can actually transform and transform that market. So it it, it was a blessing in disguise that w- that they were separated to have Nash One and Nash Two, so that it just shows a progression of architecture and you know some uh, some differences between the two. And it's not only houses on Nash. We've built several houses around the Nash Street as well. Um, so it's nice to have three or four different styles of homes that we've done within a four or five block radius. Yeah. Now between Nash one and Nash two, let's talk about some of the similarities. There's three floors. Um, what else? What are some, are the third floors gonna be very similar in Nash two as Nash one? They are, they are, they're, 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 they're very usable. Um, it, we have a code in Austin that if you build out or finish out an attic, it doesn't necessarily count towards your taxable square footage. And it also does not count towards the max amount of building coverage that you can have on a lot. So if we if we have the opportunity at any given point, we're always going to choose to develop or finish out the 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 upstairs, the third floor. It's just extra living space. Yeah, is that in the impervious coverage? Well, it's it's the FAR. So the FAR impervious coverage is, you know, the amount of concrete, if you would, that is on a piece of land that denies Mm. water access to the soil. Mm. So the FAR is actually a percentage. Yes. Uh, FAR is actually a percentage in which you can build total building square footage. And there's a multiplier with the size of the lot. So basements, just because basements are pretty rare, basements don't count towards that, nor does finished attics count toward that. So it's a good way to pick up, you know, if you're if you're finishing your your attic space off, you're going to pick up 350 to 500 square feet. That does not count. So it's it's definitely a value. You've got the structure there. You're just finishing it out. Yeah, that makes sense. And then similarly, you guys are doing the pivot doors. You're still doing pools. All those things are carrying over from Nash One. Those are all similar. What are the big differences in like the design and the architecture in Nash 2 from Nash 1? We had two different um, architects that did both of those. And I, I am glad that that did happen just to show some diversification. Um, so with that, you know, describing them, they're, they're both definitely um, a more contemporary product. I would say Nash 2 probably has a little, or Nash 1 has a little bit more traditional look to it as well whereas nash 2 definitely is a a more contemporary um look and feel to it 
Yeah, definitely more contemporary. But you are doing some of the same. Are all of the Nash homes wood? Are any of them the metal slide siding that you're doing on Nash too? Um, so on on Nash one, we did have a standing seam roof on it, which is very similar to the materials that we're using for roofing and siding on uh, Nash two. Mm-hmm. Nash two also has brick, so we've got yeah. you know similar kind of looks. Um, with definitely a lot of different materials, a lot of different textures. So they're definitely going to be standing out from the Nash One product for sure. Yeah. And now see your Westbrook, that that was a custom home. And Westbrook, I feel like there's some elements that are very similar in Nash Two. Yeah, absolutely. The same brick was used. So you've got that texture and that color. Um, in Were Westbrook. those different architects? Yes, completely different architects. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's just I, I believe that the texture in the the brick and the color of the brick is just kind of a popular color right now. Yeah, um, which you know in the seventies it was mm-hmm. real popular. It's that champagne or tan yeah. color brick, you know. Yeah, um, and we use a smooth, solid brick, so it almost looks more stone esque. Um, and then one of the other houses, the custom house on Nash 2, has black brick. And a majority of that house is going to be black. Of which house? Uh, 1610, the custom home that we're doing. Oh, the custom yep. home. Yeah, that's going to be black brick. Yes. Oh, that's yes. kind of cool. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a pretty gorgeous house. Yeah. And then um, are the roofs similar? Are the roofs the same for Nash 1, Nash 2? Yes, they are. We, you know, we typically always, if we don't do a flat roof, we always use standing seam metal. Um, I don't know the last time I did shingles. You know, we just cringe. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's from an owner's standpoint, there's little to no maintenance. They last, you know, five times, I believe, as long as shingles. It looks better. Yes, it's a little more expensive, but at the end of the day, it's going to cost you less to maintain it. So it, we typically always do metal roofs. And and in 30 years, if, say, somebody needed to replace that roof at Nash, they would have the choice. Would they have the choice to do shingles if they yeah. really wanted to? Absolutely. They could, they could definitely put shingles on it. Yeah. So it gives you I mean, that opportunity. And for those of you who do have shingles, you can, can you do the you can do metal wow yeah what's the is the price really different though if you had it to replace is. your roof yeah um metal's like probably percent uh, but probably double mm-hmm. at least double and it's just because you know metal it, it's it's it sits in the commodity market so yeah. you know the market goes up and down so there are less expensive times to put on metal roofs um than today mm-hmm. you know but then again, shingles are going through the roof, too, just because of petroleum, mm. because they're made from oil. Riveting yes. information. You didn't know that I you did were going to get all this. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then I also, on NASH 2, now explain, because people will see this when they walk by, there mm-hmm. are these sliding doors on some of the main houses in the front. Are those going to be a balcony? Is there going to be something that goes over that? Yeah, it's almost what you call a a Juliet balcony. Mm. You know, um, they have those at hotels, right? Yeah, absolutely. People can't go outside, but they can get air. They can kind of feel like they're Mm kind of outside. Yes. I mean, you're not going to sit. Let's be real. You're not going to sit on a small balcony, like even a balcony where you could put a chair in Austin. I just don't know that you're going to be sitting out there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's 
you know, it's only about 18 inches in depth, you know, so Mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of room for you to sit there. It's also really meant to open up and get cross breezes through the house as well. The way that it's designed was to be a little bit more passive Mm -hmm. for um, those cross cross ventilation opportunities. Yeah. Well, it does have off of that balcony view go straight back that's a full walkway all the way to the back of the house yep from front to back front to Absolutely. back yeah like if you look through that juliet balcony you can see all the way through to the end of the house which yep. is kind of cool yeah and that's you know a great design aesthetic as mm-hmm. well um one of my favorite times and i'm extremely excited to see this development uh at this time period but it's when it's the first time that light fixtures are installed Mm-hmm. in the first night you know um i'll often go as as soon as i know power's on a house and fixtures <laughs> are installed i wait till the sun starts going down and i go to the house and i flip all the lights on and i stand outside and look oh. it's one of my favorite times so these houses are going to have a lot of different accent lights and things things like that so it's gonna it's gonna look incredible when it's when it's nighttime and how these things will light up yeah that's gonna be incredible and you know, with Nash 2, so right now they just finished the electrical, the plumbing, they're painting now. What's the next? Next, they're going to do the insulation. Yep, insulation. Insulation-wise, we we will be doing foam insulation in these, and uh, it's just a, a standard that we've been doing. I don't know the, the last time that we've done anything other than foam insulation. It's just a lot better product, a lot more energy efficient. Um, it also gives you um, some sound detonation as well, mm-hmm. and it, it's just a product that that we won't go back to use anything else. It's the only product that we use. What 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 do other builders in the area, if they're not using foam insulation, what are they using? Well, and foam insulation has is, is slowly started to become the standard. You know, there for a while it was extremely expensive to install. But because it's, you know, so many people are using it, the whole supply and demand thing, the price has come down. Mm-hmm. The different types of insulation that you can use, which a lot of uh, track builders or volume builders use, mm-hmm. is they still use rolled, you know, the, the old pink insulation. Oh, that yeah. stuff that's like kind of in like bed toppers. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> But it still itches if you get it on your skin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just not good stuff. They use that or a blown-in insulation or something they call cellulose, which mm-hmm. in of, oftentimes is made from recycled products, recycled paper products. That stuff is probably the closest that you can get to a foam insulation. Um, one of the differences, however, is air cannot travel through foam the way that it can travel through the other products. So the rolled insulation is probably the worst. The middle ground is going to be your blown insulation or your cellulose because it's a lot more dense of a product. And then from there you go to your foam because it's all about controlling the air that comes in and out of your house, through your walls, through your windows, through your doors. That's what gives you the efficiency that that people are looking for and gives you lower um, utility bills mm-hmm. yeah and probably takes care of your house absolutely and again you know that stuff works as Preserves you know yep and a, a sound deadener mm-hmm. you know your yeah. house is a lot quieter yeah would you say that with some of the different insulation like the pink stuff that you that people maybe have different issues with their homes later 
or is it not like that at all they could you know one of the biggest issues is they're gonna have higher utility bills mm. for sure because it's just not it's not efficient i often uh describe to people um, doing a foam insulated home is like getting an old school styrofoam cooler from like 7-eleven or something like that and cutting in doors and windows that is your house mm. um if you did the same thing with um cotton candy Mm-hmm. and did that and tried to blow through that the air is going to go right through it yeah so it's very similar so if you can control it's an air or a vapor barrier and again if you can control the air that comes through your walls and deny it access your house will stay more temperate so when you turn your ac on much like a yeti cup you know you throw a couple ice cubes in there and a drink it stays cold a lot longer because there's foam in those cups. Yeah. So very similar. You know, your AC comes on less. It maintains temperature more. And then uh, the exact same is when, when it's cold with yeah. heat, things of that nature. So it, it it's just a much more efficient product. Yeah. My electricity bill in Austin, which it's obviously 30 degrees hotter here than California, my utilities bill here because of just being in an efficient house is about thirty dollars less. Like my utility, my electricity is under seventy dollars a month. Yep. Yep. And that's also what you guys do with the better the, the windows, the insulation. What is it that you guys do around the windows to also block the sun? You do. Well, it depends. You know, anywhere between. You know, and, and to even step back, one of the things that is really great about Austin is their energy code is probably one of the strictest in the nation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things that we do, we have to do, are code now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those changed a couple years ago. However, these were things that we, we had done years ago. So it's been normal for me for 10 years. Um but, you know, we often seal around all the windows, you tape around the windows and, you know, maybe there's going to be an opportunity that that we can do some videos on on weatherizing a home and how you, um, you know, protect it from Cost water, steps. costs, steps, things, things like that. I think that would be a great episode to have. There's there's something that you guys have done on the windows in Nash, the metal. Oh, the metal. So, yeah. It's, yeah so what was that for? A lot of times we will take individual windows and put a wider steel on it that that creates a frame. While that is very attractive, that stands out from the window 12 to 16 inches. One of the benefits to that as well is it acts as a shade to the window. So as the sun moves throughout the day, it's at different angles. If you have an extrusion that sticks out 12 to 16 inches, it's going to block a lot of the sun at different angles from coming into a house. So you still have light. You just don't have direct hot sunlight coming through a window, but you still have, you know, the views and you've got the indirect light that actually light up your home. Yeah. Lots going on there. So, well, we're going to wrap up this episode. I know you have a meeting. I do. So, but uh, I think that, um, we'll be back on Nash too soon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be, you know, a project that we hope to be done with in the next couple months. And, um, we're very excited about it. So I know we're going to talk a lot about it. Um, great doing this and sitting down with you and we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know, we're going to have, continue to have great topics. We've got some visitors that are coming in and that'll be doing the podcast with us as well. And we hope that Jorge this is next week. Uh, yes. 
Yeah. You know, we hope that this is educational. If you have any questions, please feel free to to either email us or DM us on Instagram. We are also on TikTok. Both of those are set studio as a username. Uh, we look forward to doing this more and we look forward to hearing questions from you guys. Okay, bye.